Thank you, Brian. All right. Our uh, pastor and wife are coming back this afternoon. They've uh, actually had a week of vacation and out, out, you know, during spring break. So it's been great. And we're excited to have them back leading us. I'm, I have to be honest, I am kind of grateful. Sometimes when he goes, he lets me speak. So I'm going, sure, man, I think you ought to go on another vacation. That'd be great. So, but uh, he's uh, very, very generous with his pulpit. And I appreciate that about him. It's very, very, very good. Well, we're talking today about prayer. And I hope this is not just another sermon on prayer. I personally believe that it's probably one of the topics that we hear about the most and apply the least. I think some of you can say amen with me. Because I think in all of our lives, if uh, when we take surveys, we all agree that we probably wish we were more effective prayers, and we probably all think we should do more of it. So we're going to talk, hopefully, some practical things today that uh, when we leave, we're going to have a few more tools that we can apply, and uh, we're going to expect uh, a Holy Spirit to make that happen for us. Well, last week, uh, Pastor Craig taught on... Uh, this topic, introducing it. And I I like what he said in verse 1 of chapter 6. He says, you guys, about this topic, you've got to be careful. Now, why in the world would Jesus say, be careful when you talk about prayer and fasting, when you talk about these things? Because it's easy just to do that. You talk about it. We talk about it and we don't do it, right? Can anybody just say amen to that? Because I know it happens so, so, so much. And so what I want to talk about tonight is, uh, or this morning, again, is about motives. And um, talking this first thing about, guys, we have to have the right motive for praying and for fasting. But also I want to add this thing. When you pray and when you fast with the right motives, God promises that he will reward you. Now, I want to say that again because you go, well, pastor, automatically you're going to give us the wrong motive to pray. We're going to pray and fast just so we can twist God's arm and he has to do what it is we want him to do. Can I just tell you, you can't twist God's arm. How many of you know that? You just can't. But God does promise when you seek his face, he says, you'll find me. He says, when you draw near to me, he says, I'll draw near to you. And he says, when you call unto me, he says, I will answer you and show you some great and some mighty things. So God says, I want you to pray. I will reward you. He says, but I want you to have the right motives. So he says, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, how many of y'all usually when you hear the word hypocrite, you think, oh, that's somebody who says one thing, but does something else. That's somebody who preaches one thing, but they don't do it themselves. And that's kind of how we've gravitated. But really, in the day, this Greek word hypocrite came from the theater. It came from Greek theater and Roman theater. And it was because of this fact that uh, they only had... Well, ladies, listen, you think it was hard to get an Oscar at the, uh, you know, at the Oscar Awards and uh, now... Back then, you didn't even get a part. You didn't even get to be in the play. Men would play both roles. They'd play the men's role, and they'd play the women's role. And men would play one character, and then they'd put on a different mask, and that same person would change their voice and then play a different person. 
And that's where the word hypocrite came from. The person who was the actor, who was speaking under the mask, who wore more than one mask, that person was called a hypocrite. It wasn't a negative term. It was a term that described a person that was going to be in the play or be in the drama or be in the presentation who would be representing more than one character. So to us, it means a little, a little you know, more negativity, but for them, it wasn't so much like that. So here's the thing. God says, I want you to pray and I want you to fast. Now I want to ask you a question. Will you all be honest with me? How many of you have tried fasting before? Let me see your hands. Now, I'm not just talking about from 12 to 6.30 at night. That's not, that doesn't, that's not what I'm talking about. But a lot of you have tried fasting, and what you recognize is it, it is a discipline. It really is a spiritual discipline that we have to develop. And I want to say again, God, uh, God's Word says it. When you fast with right motives, He says, there are rewards. There are rewards. So... We've done something. Pastor Brad has asked me to communicate this to you. We're going to try a fast. Will you say this word, try a fast? Okay, there's going to be, there's no expectations. There's no, you know, any type of you've got to do this. But we're going to challenge people to try this. Now, back on the back, there's some sheets that you're going to get. It's called the Daniel Fast. It's not named after me. Just want you to know, okay. I didn't invent this. This comes out of the book of Daniel. You remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those, those were their Babylon names, were up in uh, Babylon. They got captured. And Daniel, uh, uh, he's, the first time it's mentioned, he says, look, can you just let us not eat all that fatty food and all that pork and all those bacon sandwiches and, and let us just concentrate on vegetables and these beans and these whole grains? And the guy said, okay, we will. And then they look better. And then later in the book of Daniel, he mentions again for 21 days, so the Daniel fast is really more like a Daniel diet, really. Uh, I mean, it's more just taking out some things and sacrificing some things for the purpose, now watch this, of pressing into God, okay? Now that's the purpose of a fast. And so in this Daniel fast, when you look at it, they didn't eat any meat, okay? They, it says no alcohol. Now we added caffeine, um, now, you can't go too long without caffeine. That's how, you know, the, the jails only hold so many people. And, uh, you know, it really, it's not good for the county sheriff department. But, um, but, but here's the purpose of what we're going to try to do. We're going to ask people to change their diets, but more than that, change their schedule for the, for the next 7 to 10 days as we, as we move into Easter. And what we're going to ask people to do is to set aside an hour a day. One hour a day. You say, Pastor, how are we going to come up with an hour a day? I've never prayed an hour in, uh, for an hour in my life. Well, it, it can maybe not be all prayer. It can be, you know, reading the word and stuff. But the number one way is to take that little black demonic thing that fits usually by your, by your couch. And, and you do this. And the TV goes off. And if at our home we're making a commitment for at least an hour a day that we're going to set aside some extra time with the right motive because we want to press into God, we want to pray and intercede for people, 
and we're going to change some stuff. We're going to fast. That means just to abstain. We're going to abstain from some stuff for that time period. And can I just tell you what we expect? We expect God to do something in us, and we expect God to do something in some other situations that we're praying for just because God said he would. Can somebody say amen? Now you say, Pastor, I'm not into that. It almost sounds like works. It's not works. It is a lot of work. But you don't do it to try to gain favor with God. You don't twist God's arm. Guys, it's all about discipline. Now, the other thing we're asking people to try, just try this for a season, a short season, is to journal. We're asking people to, to, to get a notebook of some type and just to write out the thoughts that God is giving you through his word and during those prayer times. Now, here's what we, what we believe. We believe that in, in a week to 10 days, some of you are going to have some stories. You're going to say, you know what? God spoke to me. You know what? I really, I was praying and I felt like God was really speaking to me. And I believe, church, as we do this, it's going to not only work in our lives, but it's going to work in the life of our church, okay? So, so this is the first thing. I, I hope you write this down. See, when you, when you pray and fast with right motives, God says you will get rewards. Now look at the person next to you and just nod at them and say, you need some rewards. Go ahead. You need some rewards. Now, but now, now, are you with me? Guys, listen, God is for you. And God says, I, I've got good things for you. And I want, some, I want you to have some good things from my hand. He says, but, and I want you to do something, though, to discipline yourself that's going to allow me to move in your life. So that's just the first thing. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be speaking one thing, doing something else. Just say, God, I'm going to do the best I can. And that's all we ask of you. And if you miss a day, start up the next day. Okay? If you miss a day, start the next day. But something you're going to have to talk about, because ladies, don't let your husband come home, or men, don't let your wife come home from work. And she asks, where, I thought you were fixing dinner. Oh, honey, we're fasting. I didn't tell you. All right. Okay. So anyway, so talk about it, get a plan, all right, and, and make it happen. All right. Here's the second thing. Let's jump into this. In verses 7 and 8, in verses in 7 and 8, he says this. He says, man, when you pray... Not only have the right motives, but he says you need to have the right methods. He said, don't just use babbling words. Don't just repeat the same phrase over and over and over and over. And, you know, once you've got God's attention, you don't have to call his name out 15 times in a row. You know, Father, 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 Father. You don't have to do that. He says, don't pray like the Gentiles pray. He says, but use some meaningful, meaningful things like... Uh, the way you pray. Now, I'm going to go through some methods of prayer. And some of these are going to land in your heart. You're going to say, I'm going to try that one. Others, you're going to say, I need to avoid that one. The first one is silent prayer. How many of you have ever been somewhere and they said, let's just pray silently, right? And then you do that, and the next thing you know, you're, you're thinking about how bad Purdue played in the first round of the tournament. And, you know, and then you're, playing, you're thinking about how bad Indiana did in their law. But, but, but you, our minds wander, okay? So I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to practice here, okay? This is a church. We're supposed to draw closer. This is going to help us. So here's what I'm going to ask you to pray for. I'm going to ask you to pray for Pastor Brad and Pastor Jackie as they come back from their trip that they're going to be refreshed 
and they're going to be strengthened, and they're going to be protected, okay? That's what I'm going to ask you to pray for. So right now, we're going to all pray silently. It's dangerous if you close your eyes. I know that, because Jim will fall asleep. So Jim, you keep your eyes open, whatever you do, okay? Okay, are you, are you ready? So I want you to pray for Pastor Brad and Jackie for safety on their trip home. Okay, will you go ahead? Pray right now. Okay, thank you. Now let me ask you a question. Some of you tried, and you, but your brain just went blank. And really, it's almost like some of these people out there that try to do transcendental meditation, and they get their brain empty, and thoughts come into your brain. If you are going to pray silently, you actually have to talk to yourself in your head. Okay, now listen, let me say it again. When you're praying silently... You can actually talk to yourself to where your brain is hearing what you're saying. Do you all understand what I mean? So I want us to pray again. We're going to pray that uh, as they drive back from the airport that they're safe and that in every way they're going to be protected. But I want you to think it in your mind, but it's like you're talking to yourself. Okay? Let's, let's just try that for a minute. Would you, you can bow your heads for a second. And let's go ahead and start. Pray for Pastor Brad. Now you're actually having to talk into your, in your brain to yourself. Okay? Stop. Thank you. How many of you did that? Now let me just say, that guys, people say pray silently all the time. For many people, that's just like saying don't pray at all. You know, you're just being quiet. A lot of people try not to think about anything and somehow think that their silence is somehow moving the hand of God. Can I just say there's nothing in there. There's a place where it says, be still and know that I'm God. But every other place, God tells us to talk to him. Okay? So silent prayer is a way. It is a method. But guys, it's a hard one because our minds are so quick to take off in other directions. So here's the next thing. What, how do you pray when you're by yourself? Now, you may be in your car. Okay, now if your radio's on and you're trying to pray, can I just tell you, it's tough. So let's say you turn your radio down and you're going to purposely, purposely pray alone in the car going to work. That's a great place to do that, okay? But now here's the thing. Either you're going to be thinking, talking to your mind, you're praying silently, but what you should do, I want to encourage you, is you pray out loud. Pray out loud. Don't just think it, but say the words out loud. When you're by yourself, if you're in your room, pray out loud. You say, Pastor, I don't like to pray out loud. Well, can I just ask you this question? What kind of results are you getting in your prayer life? Do you ever get your prayers answered? Do you feel like you have power when you pray over things or pray for people or pray that things happen? God answers your prayers and they happen. Can I just tell you, sadly, for most Christians, that doesn't happen. Most Christians will say, you know, I don't see a lot of prayers answered. Well, can I just tell you then? Punch that person next to you and say, listen to the rest of the sermon. You're going to get something. Because, guys, we all have room to improve in our prayer lives. Can you say amen to that? 
We all do. We all do. We all do. We all do. And there are lots of different methods. So if you pray silently, you got to train your brain to think it and speak inside your brain. If you're praying by yourself, always practice praying out loud. Now we pray group prayer. Sometimes you guys are in small groups. Most, some of you still have a hard time praying out loud. Can I just tell you? We have to keep learning. Y'all remember, it started when we were kids, didn't it? Uh, I remember in youth group, I went to youth group. And I remember the youth pastor would have us all grab hands. You know, we'd be in a circle. And, and he'd say, if you don't want to pray, uh, just squeeze the person's hand next to you. You remember that? Anybody ever do that? See, there's always some of you guys that would, you'd be way on the other side of the room, but you'd squeeze somebody's hand. You know, and then that other person would pray out of turn. Remember that? Yeah, you thought that was funny. Yeah. But anyway, in, in group, that's okay. You know, I mean, it's good to take turns praying out loud. But the thing is, it's hard because if you, you know, if you're, if you're praying, you know, after, after uh, my wife prays, you don't want to pray because she pray, you know, she, she evokes God's power and presence and, you know, in the name of, I mean, you can just tell she's talking to God, you know, and, and then if, if you're after her, you go, squeeze the hand. <laughs> Somebody else pray. I'm not, I'm not going to pray after that one, you know. Well, we all have that, but we learn how to pray, group prayer, uh, public prayer, like, like uh, even what Brandon did and what different people will come and like our uh, sister um, Melinda did. She comes up and leads prayer publicly. That, that's a method of praying. Now, I like this one we'd practice in our life groups, like popcorn. Remember popcorn praise? Y'all ever do that one? Where you have a group and, and the leader instructs us, okay, what we're going to do is everybody think of something you want to thank God for, and just all over the room, just, just thank God for that. And somebody will go, Lord, thank you for, thank you for, it's not snowing today. And somebody else, Lord, thank you, thank you that uh, you gave grace for this. And so, and, but people pop, you know, pop, you know, pray. That's good. That's a way. Sentence praying is good. You have to, the group leader will have to tell you how to do that. In other words, they'll say, and this is a good for people that are learning how to pray because it takes the pressure off that they have to pray a big, long prayer. So you get to one sentence, just pray one sentence to God and, and, and do that to, pray that out loud to God. You know, and somebody will pray a sentence and then, of course, then there's always somebody who's catching up on their quiet time. They pray for four minutes. No, the leader has to go, okay, no, sentence prayer, right? I mean, it's a, it's a method of praying. You know, intercessory praying is, is a little more in-depth praying. Uh, praying in tongues, guys, that's real. Uh, Paul talked about that. That's a method of praying. That's real. Uh, concert prayer. Now, this is one of my favorite ones, and we're going to practice it. Now, here's what concert prayer is. It's when everybody prays out loud at the same time. See, it's kind of like some of your murmuring just then. Oh, oh, oh. No, but, but I want to tell you, you watch and tell, and tell me if you don't sense the presence of God when we get through. Okay, we're going to try this just for a moment. It's just a, it's a method of praying. Okay, so here's what I want you to think of two or three things right now or two or three people that you know needs God to intervene in their lives. Okay, a couple of situations. Usually start with your kids. Usually start with your family. Maybe at work, somebody, you got a situation, somebody who needs healing. Okay. Does everybody have something, two or three things? Let me see your hands. Y'all help me out here. Okay. Now, when I say start, we're going to pray out loud at the same time. And, and, and you, you, let's just let, you say, pastor, it's going to confuse God. No, it's not. I promise you. God's okay. He's okay. He can hear your prayer and my prayers at the same time. Are, are you ready? Okay. 
want to, let's just start praying. Pray right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that you hear uh, all these people's prayers, and I thank you that you're going to hear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to ask you to do this. You prayed softly, out loud, but I want you to pray a little bolder. See, Pastor, I don't, this makes me uncomfortable. It's okay. It's okay to be stretched. You never grow unless you get stretched. So this is a method of praying. You get a whole lot more praying done in a short period of time if everybody's praying at the same time. So this time we're going to pray a little bit louder. You can pray the same, very same things, okay? So you ready? Let's start praying. Father, thank you, God, that you hear everybody's prayers. Thank you, God, that you know the needs that are in every heart even before we ask them. So, Lord, I thank you, God, for this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, here's what I believe. I believe some of you were touched as you were hearing other people pray. Now, some of you were defensive and you were going, I'm not going to do that. And that's okay. God will stretch all of us. But some of you sensed, I know what I started sensing the first times I was in groups where everybody prayed in concert. That's called concert. I'm not talking about going to the Doobie Brothers when they come to Indianapolis. That's going to be great, but that's not what we're talking about, okay? It's just everybody prays out loud at the same time. Now, guys, I want to just tell you a testimony. I remember one of the first times that, I mean, the Spirit of God moved on me. I was in a room, and, and this guy instructed us, and I had never done that. And everybody started praying out loud at the same time. And first, I'm going, where am I? You know, but I will tell you where I, I went. I went into God's presence. I mean, I was still in the room, but I mean, as everybody was praying, it was like a crescendo started happening, and people were praying. They weren't praying to me, for sure, and they weren't praying to, they were talking to God, and, and it was like, man, I don't know, something happened. Can I just tell you? It's a method of praying. Now, how many of you recognize that there's more than one way to pray? And how many of you know there are probably some ways that you haven't prayed yet that God may lead you into in the future? So can I just encourage us as a church? I know Pastor Brad's heart is to see our church become a praying, powerful church. And I'm glad that we, Mary and I get to be a part of this incredible team. And, and, and that's what we're part of. We're part of learning, teaching people, leading people into the presence of God. Because, guys, we are in the last of the last days. We are in the last of the last days. And God wants us to be overcomers. God wants us to be more than conquerors, Scripture says. God wants us to be those that persevere until the end. And can I just tell you, most of our prayer lives will not sustain that type of victory if we don't continue to grow. I'm not judging us. I'm not condemning us. I'm trying to challenge us to say, guys, God, move in our lives and stretch us to become more of the men and women of God that you want us to be. Can you say amen to that? Now, some of you guys are brand new here. You say, man, I don't know what I was. This is different for me. Yes, it is. It's okay. Now, one other, one other thing that God says, though. He says, I, I'm, the Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Now, were you ever in, like me? I think some of you were. I, there was a time in my life I said, well, why do I need to pray? If God already knows what I need, he loves me. 
he's for me. I don't have to be asking him all the time. You know, why, why, why should I keep praying like that? And, and God spoke to me one time. He said, here's the reason. Because you need to depend on me. And you need to call things out. And when I show you things, you're going to give me praise. And he says, and also, here's the biggest one, Stoll. You got things that you're asking, it's in your heart, and I've got to have a way to root those things out. And he says, and when you call unto me, and when I give you a wait answer, you know, to wait on the answer, or if I give you a no, what I'm able to do is I'm able to show you some things that are in your heart that I'm wanting to change. So that's why God says, pray about everything. Pray about everything. I prayed for a, a Porsche for a long time. Now, I just want to know, if y'all have one sitting in your barn, I'm open to talking to you. And you know what? I never got it. I never got the Porsche. And I quit praying for it for a while. But there was a time I really wanted, you know, uh, in fact, if red was even better. But what, was, what, what did I need, though? See, God was just showing me what I wanted. What I, what I, I needed a car. I did need a car. I needed transportation. I didn't need, a, I didn't need it to be a Corolla or a 920. I didn't need any of that. I just needed a car. But God says, okay, look, here's the deal. You know what's going to happen. You get that, you're going to get all proud and get all haughty and think you're all that. And, you know, you're in, uh, it's going to be kind of hard for you to pull up to the church to preach a revival. And you're in a red Porsche. <laughs> Especially when I know you're living by faith and you really need to take up an offering. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So, but but God, God says, you pray about everything. I'll show you things in your heart that I want to take out, and I'll show you some things I want to put in. So, so right motives lead to God giving you rewards. It's okay when God rewards you. And see, meaningful methods help you get results. God is into results. He's into rewards. He wants us to learn to pray. Now, there's one other type of prayer, and we're going to put this up here because we're going to pray in unison. This is a good thing. We're going to pray this model prayer, okay? So we're going to read the one that's on uh, up here. Um, it's, it's kind of the New American Standard. Thank you, guys. So pray this out loud. Here we go. Jesus says, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, what that is, is another method of prayer, prayed in unison. But guys, I want to talk about this for the next few minutes, okay? Because this isn't just... Some of you that came out of Catholic backgrounds, yeah, it's our Father, and sometimes in penance, you might have been asked to pray that five times. At least it helped you memorize it, right? But really, I think this prayer is more of a model. It's a model more than it is the actual words that God just wants to, you to repeat and wrote. He doesn't just want you to repeat this prayer, but God wants you to learn and to apply the model that Jesus has given us. Because in another place, uh, the same prayer is recorded in the Gospels. The disciples said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Teach us how to pray. And so Jesus did that. He says, yes, you pray in this way, our Father. So here's the first thing. Write this down. Our Father, 
What's he doing? He's, he's calling attention to your relationship with God. Now, how's the only way God became your father? It's a great time right now to rehearse it. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that takes away all my sin. Thank you, Father, for making a way for me to be rightly related with you, to you, a holy God. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that I'm your son. And you might even start off, I don't know what your needs are in prayer, but thank you, God, that I'm your son. Thank you that I'm an, if, if I'm a child of God, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And Lord, everything that belongs to you belongs to me as your heir. See, that's, he's just saying, hey, just open the door and let your faith grow. Right off the bat, he says, just, just start off with our Father. And then he says, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Now that sounds kind of simple. But the name of God is so pregnant. There is so much life and meaning inside that phrase, the name of God. You see, because in the Old Testament, God revealed himself every time there was a historical situation that involved a test or a fight or a victory, God would speak and he'd speak his name and usually there would be attached another name. Now, like, now, this, now listen to this. In Hebrew, there, was four, there were four letters. There were four letters. We, we'd call them our you know, Y and our H and our W and our H. And, and it, it really just those consonants, no vowels in there. And it sounded like... It sounded like a wind blowing. Well, then they added vowels to it, and it came up first. It was Yahweh, Yahweh. Then the Latin came about a thousand years ago, and it became Jehovah, Jehovah. But in the Old Testament, there were names attached to Yahweh and Jehovah. Now, hang with me here, okay? They called those four letters the Tetragrammaton. I know that sounds like some ride you get on at the county fair, but it was really those four letters. And attached to those letters was another name. Like, let me tell you some of them. Like there was one called Sidkenu, and it was the word righteousness. And it meant God, our righteousness. Well, that's his name. He, he added one, Jehovah Shammah. The word Shema in Hebrew means is there. God who is there. There is another one, Makedesh. It means Jehovah who sets apart, who sanctifies. There was one, Jehovah Shalom. Now we know that one. That means peace, right? God who is my peace. There was Jehovah Rophe, Rapha in some translations. It means God who is my healer, who heals. There's word Jireh, we've sang that one, the God who provides, the God who provides. Jehovah Nisi, that's the time when they had to lift up um, Moses' arms, remember that one? And they held up this, this staff in his hand. That's when God revealed himself, I am the Lord, your victorious banner. Jehovah Nisi. Um, there's a whole lot more. Jehovah Rohi, Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, over all the other beings that would consider themselves gods. There's El Alyon, the Lord Most High, El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Now let me tell you how this works. 
we, have, we actually have a life group. Uh, Dawn and Debbie lead this over at the bridge on 630. If you haven't ever studied this, they do a whole group on it. It's really great. Because Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are saved. Back during COVID, Psalm 91 verse 14 says, He who knows my name, I will set securely on high above all this stuff. Now see, here's how it works. Now I believe it's when he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. See, those Jewish boys would have known these words. They would have known these things. And here's what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, let's just say you're going through a crisis. You just got that death verdict from the doctor. Oh, you've got this, or you've got that. Or maybe you just got a tax bill, and you're going, where am I going to come up with 4,000 more dollars? Or maybe you've, maybe you've, you've, you've just, your heart's in crisis, and your family's all in stress. And here's how it is. Father, thank you today. You're my father. Thank you for the blood that I'm your son. Thank you, God. Lord, and now you, hallows, you are Jehovah, my righteousness. You are my righteousness, God. Lord, you are Shammah. You are the God who's here. You said you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. I feel all alone right now, but God, you promised that you'd be here with me. Your very name says you'll not leave me. God, I've got this habit, this stronghold. But Lord, you're Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sets me apart and sanctifies me. Lord, I need peace, God. There's so much stuff going on. I get so angry every time I turn on the news. Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. Be my peace. Be my peace. God, you know what they said about my kidney. Lord, you know what they said. But God, I say your name. You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. And Lord, I declare over my situation your divine health and your ability to heal me. Jehovah Rapha. Lord, you know the situation I need. I need, God, I need you to provide. You are Jehovah Jireh. Lord, I'm going through this battle and I can't overcome this addiction, but Lord, you are Jehovah Nisi, my victorious banner. Lord, you're Jehovah Rohi. What do I do? What's the decision? Do you want me to retire? Do you want me to go here? Do you want me to go there? Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd, you will lead me. Lord God, you're, you're the Lord of hosts. You are the Lord most high. God, your God almighty, Lord God almighty, is anything too difficult for you. Can I just tell you what God says? You see, Jesus wasn't just saying, pray, hallowed be your name. He says, no, this is a model. I want you to let your faith grow, and your faith grows as you magnify the Lord. See, that's what God says. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Amen? Now, Jesus came to the earth, and he fulfilled every single one of those Old Testament names. That's why now it says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Because Jesus was our righteousness. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the one who heals us. Jesus is the one who provides. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, I don't want to bore you here, guys, but I want to see your faith grow. We want to see 
our prayer lives expand. We want to be a light to this community, amen? It's got to be that we become more effective in our praying, amen? So, our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when you declare his kingdom, what you're saying is, Jesus, you are Lord. You are, because no kingdom without a king, right? And also, there's no kingdom without subjects, and we're the subjects. Your kingdom come, Lord. I'm your servant. You reign. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you ask him or do you just trust in your own abilities? Do you trust our own abilities to provide for us? God says, no, call to me. I'll answer you. Give us this day our daily bread. It's, a, it's an outline. And then he says in verse 13, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this could be a sermon all in itself, man. You know, how to pray for victory, how to put on the armor of God, how to build, speak hedges around us. How many of y'all ever heard that phrase? I just pray a hedge around you. You ever heard that? Say, what is that? What is that? I mean, what about the sticker bushes you're going to put it around? I mean, what, what is that? It came out of, uh, out of Hosea. You remember Hosea, Hosea? Hosea married this woman who was very loose. I mean, she was, she was a mess. And she kept leaving and going off and having affairs against Hosea the prophet. The preacher's wife was not a godly woman, okay? Well, finally, one place, Hosea prays to God. He says, God, would you put hedges around her? Now, he was praying to keep her, in, <laughs> keep her from getting out. He said, put hedges around her, Lord. That lady's, anyway, but that's where that came from. Um, so resist the devil. Resist the devil. Renounce the devil. Now, there's one last thing, and this is how we're going to close today, Okay? Now, I hope, you, I hope this isn't just boring you. I hope you're getting something here. But this next part, guys, is where we all have to deal with. I'm going to ask Brandon to come on back up, and he's going to uh, play a song for us. Because, see, Jesus says something, and a lot of times we skip over it. It's, um, <clears throat> it's verse 12. And verse 12 goes with 14 and 15. You see, that part where he says, Lord, forgive us, Forgive us our sins. It says, as or like we forgive other people who sin against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive other people's debts that they owe us. And then you look at verses 14 and 15. Look at what he says. He says, because if you forgive other people their sins, then your heavenly Father will forgive your sins. But if you don't forgive other people's sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. You go, what? I'm saved. I'm a Christian. God has to forgive me. Well, I've heard it preached, God's already forgiven me. Yes, he has. But I want to tell you, do you think it's possible that the Holy Spirit can be quenched in your life? Absolutely. Do you think it's possible that the disobedience that you're practicing when you don't forgive other people when God so clearly tells us to? is going to quench or misrepresent Jesus to the people we're called to minister to? Absolutely. You think it's possible even as a believer to be separated from experiencing God's love? Absolutely. That's why God says, man, forgive each other. Forgive each other. Amen. Forgive each other. So we have to be quick to do that. So we're going to close the service today a little differently. You know, last week, you 
bared your heart as you came forward and wrote prayer requests on the cards that were turned into the prayer team. And, and the prayer team asked me specifically, said, do you think this week we can actually have some time where we pray for our young people and we pray for our families? Uh, <clears throat> they, Melinda, who leads our team, she was alarmed in her spirit. She said, Pastor, I've never seen so much pain and so much hurt expressed on these cards in all the months we've been doing this. Said, it's just like the enemy is, is attacking. She said, do you think we could <clears throat> Sunday at the end of the service just invite people to come up with their families and just to kneel and, and just to pray and just to ask God to intervene and and to, and to minister to families and loved ones? And of course the answer is yes, sure, we can do that. So, so here's the thing too, we're gonna start with this. We're gonna invite people just to come, just to come and pray. So well, pastor, we don't do that a whole lot. I know, but I was asked to and I'd love to. But here's what we're gonna do. You know what's going on in your family's life. Do you need God to intervene? How many of you, let me just see your hands. I just want to see where you are. You say, Pastor, we got some situations where we need Jesus. We really need him. We really need God to intervene. We really need God to comfort. We really need God to cleanse, to provide. How many, let me see your hands. Wave them up here. Okay. okay, I'm going to ask you to do this then. I'm going to ask you to nail that down and to affirm your need and your request for God to intervene just by doing an act of coming up and coming to an altar and saying, God, I can't handle this. We can't do it. We need you to do it. And we're going to ask you to do it. So we're going to take about five minutes. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. They're going to start praying. And <clears throat> if you're up here at the front and you want somebody to pray with you in agreement, just kind of wave your hand or, and they'll be here ready to pray. Okay, we're going to let the lights come down a little bit. But um, I'm going to open up the altars. We're going to pray. Brandon's going to sing. And we're just going to ask you, husbands, take the leads. Grab your wife's hands and come on, let's go pray. Let's go pray if you're here it, with a couple. I'm going to ask, too, in just a moment, something really special. I'm going to pray for our students. But right now, let's just pray. Let's just pray. Father in heaven. Oh, Father in heaven. We are your sons and daughters, and you love us and you give us the opportunity, the privilege to pray. You ask us to pray, you tell us to pray, you command us to pray. And so Lord, we respond to you right now. We just respond and say, Lord, you're God and we're not. We're your creation and we need you, God. We need you, God. Jehovah Jireh, we need your provision. Jehovah Rophe, we need your healing. Jehovah Shema, we need your presence. El Shaddai, God Almighty, we need a miracle. We need a miracle, God. We need a miracle. Jehovah Nisi, I need victory. I need to be able to press through and see a victory in, in my life. Jehovah Rohi, there are families that just need direction, God. We need your direction. You are a shepherd. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
Would you stand with me, congregation? Let's stand together too. And the altar's pretty full, but husbands, grab your wife's hand. Maybe y'all can just pray right there. I'm going to ask you to pray out loud. Say a prayer out loud, husbands. Just pray over your wife. Pray for her. Pray for your family. If you're here at the altar and you want somebody to pray with you in agreement, just slip your hand up right now. We'll ask one of our prayer team members to come and pray with you. Anybody? Feel free to do that. was asked to do this and, and this will take some boldness <clears throat> excuse me, on the part of our young people but I'm going to ask our teenagers and our junior high students there's a war against you guys and we're concerned and we love you and so we're, I've been asked to invite all of our students just to come down and we're going to let parents be behind you. We're going to pray for you. So if you're here, I know there's a lot of you here, and I know this is not usual, but I think it's good. So would you just come on down and just stand right here and face face the pulpit up this way? Just come on down. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for protection. We want to pray for anointing. Come on down. God bless you. Come on down. Parents, you come with them if you can. Yeah. God bless. I know there's some more. Back over here. Come on. Come on down. We just want to pray. Young people, you, you, want, you need to know this. You are loved not only by your parents, but by holy God who created you and formed you for his pleasure and purpose. 
He made you good. He made you unique. And he has good things for you, good things for you. It starts with you giving him your heart. But we want to pray for protection. We want to pray for anointing of the Spirit. We want to pray that you not only would be protected, but you'd also be a light in your schools. And you'd be ministers of reconciliation everywhere you go. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you are Jehovah Rohi. You revealed yourself as a good shepherd, Jesus. And you will lead, you will direct every one of these young people. You are their heavenly father and there's going to be times when their parents aren't around. But Holy, Holy Father, you will never leave them. You're Jehovah Shammah. You will always be with them. You'll always convey your love to them and through them. And we speak that, God. You said in Isaiah that you would go before us and you would be our rear guard. And I ask you, God, to put a protection around our young people. Lord, even that hedge, God, we say that. Let that come. Let it come. Lord, let, let protection be their daily experience. Draw near to them, God, and we pray that you reveal your purposes to them, to walk with you, to fellowship with you. Lord, their futures are before them, but God, you direct their futures. Pray for all these parents, God. We, we know that, God, we as parents feel so inadequate sometimes. But Lord, we ask you to help us. Help us love our kids like you love us. Thank you, Lord. Church, will you just kind of extend your hands out to all the young people that are here? Just extend your hands out and just say, Lord, protect these young people. Use these young people, God. Reveal your love to these young people. They are special, God, and we pray for them. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this song. Brandon, lead us one more.